We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. We serve our neighbor by separating from them. We cannot allow physical separation to become emotional isolation. This requires us to be not only compassionate, but creative in our outreach. Bush reminded Americans our country has faced times of testing before and said he's convinced that the spirit of service and sacrifice is alive and well in America. We are not partisan combatants. We are human beings, equally vulnerable and equally wonderful in the sight of God. Greg Clugston, Washington. Meanwhile, from the U.S. to Asia, many people are emerging from their homes as virus-related restrictions are slowly eased. This is SRN News. Hugh Hewitt says, don't believe the hype. Donald Trump's energy in his team, or Joe Biden's cluelessness in his lethargy. I don't think it's a close choice. I know that the national news media hates Donald Trump, and every time you turn on anything, they're banging away at the president. Don't believe him. Trust Trump's energy and his team to get us out of this fix. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 5 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. No Safe Spaces is available for streaming on demand, but only for a limited time and only through us here at Salem Media. So go to am1280thepatriot.com or watchsalemmedia.com to stream No Safe Spaces today. Just past 1 o'clock on this Sunday afternoon here in the Twin Cities. Let's take a look at your forecast from the Great Plains Windows Indoors Weather Center. Sunny skies with a high of 65 today. And we got Hour 1 of the Brad Carlson Show of the Northern Alliance Radio Network starting right now. Views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280, The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast. We'd like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag NARNShow. Hashtag Narn Show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I think this is week number four that I am broadcasting from my home studio, home office, as it were. Uh, kind of opening things up a little bit. And what I mean by that is opening my office door. Typically, I have the office door closed because you know, my wife is home. She has things to do downstairs and uh, you know, blocks out all the noise. And plus... Uh, I have we have three cats and a dog, and they typically a couple of the cats are standing outside the door when I open it. Like, why are you closing the door? What's going on? So I have the door wide open today, and of course, none of the animals are around. So <laughs> I, I take that back. Got the dog laying on the couch in here, but uh, she's passed out. Has zero zero concern about uh, COVID or or uh, the presidential race or any of the stuff we're going to be talking about today. So it's all good. But uh, we do appreciate you tuning in. Hope you're enjoying this uh, beautiful weekend. Another fantastic weekend. This is two phenomenal weekends in a row, weather-wise. And that's another caveat I'll, I'll throw out there. If you uh, hear some uh, loud machinery, buzzing noises, yeah, neighbors doing yard work. They're taking advantage of the time. I get that. You know, we pretty much have to stay close to home these days in this uh, time of global pandemic. But they do encourage us to get outside a little bit. And uh, that reminds me, there was a. Uh, I have to find the. I have to find the tweet. There was a meteorologist, I believe he's stationed in Atlanta, Georgia, 
and he was uh, calling out all of these um, all of these nervous Nellies, these Karens, whatever you call them, these people who are prone to calling the snitch line if people are outside, you know, during this time of the stay-at-home order. Well, uh, Ryan Ryan Maui, I think it's Ryan Mao, Ryan Maui, he's, again, he's a meteorologist out of uh, Atlanta. Uh, he said, I'm seeing videos shaming people who are outdoors enjoying the warm weather. This is anti-science <clears throat> bleep posting. That needs to stop. Outdoors with proper spacing is considerably safer than cooped up with stale indoor air circulating through a whole building. So somebody uh, using actual science here. So kudos to uh, uh, Mr. Mao, the uh, uh, meteorologist out of Atlanta. And that's exactly right. Look, my wife and I typically walk, take the dog for a walk three times a day just to get out of the house. And when we do, we're walking along the sidewalk. We see other people coming the opposite way with their pets. We'll go in the street and go across the street and walk on the sidewalk. And, and the nice thing about it is people don't take offense. They know what you're doing. They know why you're doing this. You're not being antisocial. You're just maintaining the proper distancing protocols that uh, our health experts are, are conveying to us. So uh, we, I'm glad we have that understanding. That is for sure. So a lot of COVID talk. This first hour is, you know, has to be expected. The past couple months has been dominated by this because it is in our everyday lives and there's new news coming out week in and week out. But one thing I was interested in exploring is how certain states are choosing to open back up their economy, basically basically lifting some restrictions on certain non-essential businesses and allowing them to resume operations if they so desire. Now, I, I, you know, I've i said it week in and week out. I really don't like that term, non-essential business, because that's all in the eye of the beholder. If you're a small business owner and your livelihood and the livelihood of your employees depend upon that business being open, okay, say it were a bakery, it may not be essential. Okay, you don't need baked goods every day, but guess what? Uh, those people working there, yeah, they kind of rely upon it being open. But I want to look at this piece from uh, the um, is it the yeah the American spect there's a Spectator USA and the American Spectator. This is the American Spectator. This is a piece that came out last week. I didn't get a chance to get to it last week, but I think it's still relevant. Uh, there, like I say, there is a good number of states that are reopening, but one that has gotten more attention than most states is Georgia. And particularly because there is a animus against Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia. And I've had the opportunity to listen to Eric Erickson's show during the week. Eric Erickson founded RedState.com, eventually moved on uh, to the resurgent, and he's a radio host out of Atlanta, a prominent conservative, national conservative. And I listen to his show regularly during the week because uh, that's one perks of working from home, can listen to some uh, good talk radio and stream some good radio shows. And he's being right there in Georgia and having a wealth of experience in Georgia politics. He's got his finger on the pulse of what's going on down there. And he surmises that the reason there has been just some snarky remarks regarding Governor Kemp's plan to reopen Georgia uh, is because he committed the grave sin of defeating an African-American female for governor. I mean, Stacey Abrams was the dream candidate for the leftists who are sold out to identity politics. And they never really got over that. And as a result, they look for any reason, any excuse they can to, to go after him. But again, I'll read this piece from the American Spectator. Uh, when President Trump first unveiled his three-phase strategy for lifting the job-killing stay-at-home orders imposed by most states in an effort to flatten the coronavirus curve, among the first to embrace the guidelines were Governors Brian Kemp of Georgia and Jared Polis of Colorado. Moreover, their reopening plans were quite similar. Both, for example, will permit hair salons, tattoo parlors, and other personal services to resume operation. Yet the reception by the legacy media and various experts has been dramatically different. While the Polis plan has excited little comment, Kemp's program has been denounced by the press and President Trump's public health advisors have quite literally disowned it. Upon being advised that Governor Kemp had decided to begin reopening business in his state, President Trump was supportive. 
He's a very capable man. He knows what he's doing. He's done a very good job as governor, said Trump. Key members of the coronavirus task force, however, refused to publicly endorse Governor Kemp's plan. CNN reports they then asked Dr. Deborah Burks, the panel's coordinator, to try to convince Trump to oppose Kemp's move. She had a private meeting with the president just prior to the news conference and successfully convinced him to denounce Kemp's decision. According to the report, Trump called the governor and asked him to delay reopening. Uh, Kemp refused. He later put out a tweet saying, I discussed Georgia's plan to reopen shuttered businesses for limited operations with the president. Our next measured step is driven by data and guided by state public health officials. We will continue with this approach to protect the lives and livelihoods of all Georgians. I am confident that business owners who decide to reopen will adhere to minimum basic operations. See, that was the thing that was really lost in this particular reopening, is they had, like he outlined, minimum basic operations, standards that they had to adhere to in order to stay open, in order to remain open. And guess what? There were certain businesses who were hesitant to do so for whatever reason. It could be, well, we're in a very highly densely populated area, and that's obviously where COVID is most prominent or can do the most damage in these highly uh, densely populated areas, so we're going to withhold reopening. That's fine. Okay? Well, again, Georgia has received all of this scrutiny, but yet Colorado really hasn't. Now, is it because they're doing a better job of containing COVID-19? Well, Real Clear Politics broke down the number via their coronavirus uh, tracker. This was a little over a week ago. At that time, Georgia had endured fewer deaths per million, 82.1, than Colorado, which was at 88.2. Georgia had a lower confirmed case fatality rate of just over 4% than Colorado, who was at 4.67%. And Georgia has conducted twice as many tests at the time, was a little over 100,000, to Colorado, which is 50,645. Now, to answer the question, with which this paragraph began, here's how the Washington Post recorded, uh, reported uh, Kemp's decision to reopen. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp's move Monday to lift restrictions on a wide range of businesses, one of the most aggressive moves yet to reignite commercial activity in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, put his state at the center of a deepening national battle over whether Americans are ready to risk exacerbating the public health crisis to revive the shattered economy. So compare this to how the Post handles the concurrent reopening of Colorado's economy by Governor Paulus. Uh, is it Polis or Paulus? I don't know. I'm going with Polis. Using virtually identical criteria. First, it isn't a featured part of the story. It's buried 14 paragraphs down in a reprinted AP report about states considering economic restarts. Conspicuously absent are any portentous uh, allusions to a deepening uh, political divide. And I hate when my page all of a sudden shifts when I'm in the middle of a reading, so apologize for that, folks. Uh, Governor Jared Polis outlined a plan to ease statewide stay-at-home and non-essential business closures. Monday, all non-essential retailers may soon offer curbside delivery and and can fully reopen at half-staff capacity and with protective measures. Offices and personal services can do the same in May. Schools, universities, gyms remain closed, along with indoor restaurants and bar services. So most of the media were not so subtle. My favorite story about Governor Brian Kemp appeared in Vanity Fair under the title Front Runner for Country's Dumbest Governor to Reopen Essential Bowling Alleys Nail Salons Friday. So again, uh, this is what this is how they're reporting on this. And again, they still have some personal animosity toward Brian Kemp. And I will say this, Governor Kemp didn't exactly cover himself in glory a few weeks ago. Um, I, I, I think I've mentioned this before on the show where he was kind of giving a press briefing or kind of talking before a gaggle reporters, don't remember which, where he said, you know what? We just learned that this particular virus can, someone can be uh, infected with this virus, not show any symptoms of it, but it's still very infectious. It's still, uh, and they could spread it to others without even knowing they have it. We just learned this. Uh, no, Governor Kemp, that has been pretty well ascertained since day one when the first case of this came to the United States or the first known case uh, back, I believe, January, February timeframe. So, no, that wasn't just learned. And so, obviously, 
Governor Kemp didn't do himself a lot of favors there, but he wasn't exactly uh, conveying a lot of confidence toward others. But here's the thing. Dr. Kathleen Toomey, who is his public health specialist, he has consulted her every step of the way. It's not like he had a different public uh, top public health official who he was getting advice from to shut down the economy and then didn't like what this person was saying and then replaced with someone else. No, it's been Dr. Kathleen Toomey from day one, very eminently qualified health specialist, epidemiologist. And she initially encouraged him to go with a shelter in place, which Georgia has been doing. And then once they met certain criteria, okay, particularly the retransmission rate getting below one, then it would be safe to do a methodical reopening, again, as long as minimum standards were adhered to. So he's been been following the science. This is one thing that the legacy media has been chiding Republicans. Well, Republicans don't believe in science. They need to listen to the experts. Well, okay, look at Dr. Kathleen Toomey's uh, resume, and you you tell me whether she's an expert or not. It seems to me she's eminently qualified. I only have a couple of minutes left in the segment, but before we take a break, we do want to get to John from Minneapolis. John, appreciate you checking in. You are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Just briefly, I was in Houston on Friday. I went out to, to a restaurant, and I uh, had lunch with a business partner. We had a nice lunch and two drinks. The governor is allowing those restaurants to open at 25% capacity. This Friday they did it, and then next Friday 50%, and two weeks later uh, 75%. Then uh, I talked with a priest who's a friend of mine who runs the Ascension Catholic Church in Houston. It's a Chinese Catholic church. He's a Catholic priest from China who fled China because of Chinese wouldn't let him do his mass. He's going to open up on the 10th, and have, uh, you know, things spread out. But he's never had so many people request that he do math. So things opening up in Texas, and they're not stupid in Texas. Texas has 32 million people, and they're right. dealing with it in a much more uh, intelligent way in terms of, of handling it versus the communist way here in Minnesota. <laughs> we appreciate the call, John. Thanks so much. Yeah, I, I talked about uh, Governor Abbott's plan to reopen Texas with uh, – Matt McCoviak, our political wonk, last week, and Matt, of course, a resident of Texas, and uh, yeah, he he, the governor was taking a very methodical approach. Like, and it sounds like that's what John was conveying right there is that uh, we'll slowly reopen. And I know that was uh, that was uh, kind of flying in the face of what a lot of the more conservative uh, legislative members wanted to do because they wanted to just open everything up, but. Uh, you know, kudos to Governor Abbott. Sounds like, at least from, anecdotally, from what John is sharing with us, that they've got a very uh, prominent plan in place, and you know, certainly keep an eye on it. We 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 hope it doesn't uh, cause more spiking of this virus. It's going to continue. People are going to continue to be infected, and what we've heard from the outset was that the the idea was to never completely stop it. It was to slow down the infection because it was going to happen regardless. And I think in a lot of areas they've done that. That's been successful. But we just hope that uh, this uh, particular, uh, these particular steps, these phases that are taking place, uh, doesn't make things a lot worse. Because a lot worse because people are going to politicize this as we have seen already. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N A R N Show. Talking uh, all things uh, COVID-19 this hour. It's me, Brad Carlson. Uh, We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about uh, Governor Walls extending the Minnesota stay-at-home order for another couple of weeks, May 18th. Not a lot of of folks uh, not very happy about that, but something I don't often say on the show, a very good Star Tribune editorial addressing that. Yeah, we'll get to that next segment on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. But I know my way. Whoa, look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. This is a national health care alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket cost. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. Toll free at this number. But wait, there's more. 
If you call right now, you could get a meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pair of diabetic socks as our special gift to you. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and have insurance, you may qualify to get free delivery of your supplies. 800-439-7409. That's 800-439-7409. Dennis Prager here with my friend Mike Hilborn, owner of Roof to Deck Restoration. Mike, I've seen roofs in the Twin Cities that have many years of life left, but are streaked and stained and look, quite honestly, terrible. Your company actually removes those streaks? Our process makes roofs look new again. Algae and moss grow on cedar shake roofs. Moss is especially damaging because it actually feeds on the cedar wood and prevents the wood from drying. And when wood doesn't dry, it rots. Cleaning and sealing a cedar shake roof actually extends the life of a roof. Mike, how can people learn more? See videos on our website at rooftodeck.com. That's rooftodeck.com. For a free quote, call 651-699-3504. That's 651-699-3504. Call now through Thursday and receive $100 off your project of $1,000 or more. Roof to Deck is now conducting no-contact quotes and service. Call 651-699-3504. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack barbecue. Pick it up or take it out, rackshacktogo.com or rackshackdelivery.com. It's so easy. Hey, you've been working hard. Half the staff is gone and your crew needs a lift. Go to rackshacktogo.com for pickup or rackshackdelivery.com and we'll bring it out to you. It's America's food and the right thing to do. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack barbecue. Take your favorite Patriot hosts with you wherever you go by downloading our app. Listen to your favorite shows, see our social media posts, enter exclusive contests, and more. Just search for AM 1280 The Patriot in the App Store. Welcome back, AM 1280 Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for checking in. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. Feel free to weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Continuing with our discussion, uh, pretty much all things COVID this particular hour. And we do want to get to our next caller, Mark from St. Louis Park. Mark, you're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go ahead. Brad, thanks for another great show. Uh, thanks for pointing out the difference uh, in the media coverage between Colorado and Georgia. Basically, they're both doing the same thing. But I think it's even more telling. There was an article by David Horvitz in Conservative Review. He compared Tim Waltz, the governor of Minnesota, versus Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, with regards to um, protecting the most vulnerable, the elderly. Ron DeSantis made it a priority. That was his first priority, was to protect the most vulnerable, the elderly, and he has almost negligible fatality rate. Tim Walls, the governor, is on Channel 5 today. We have the highest per capita deaths among the elderly. I believe, mm-hmm. Tim, I believe Tim Walls should be recalled. I believe he has deaths on his hands. Uh, he completely failed the elderly in this state. That's just my opinion, and I'll hang up and listen to your opinion. Yeah, appreciate that, Mark, and hopefully you hang on next segment because uh, Senator Karen Housley will be on at one thirty, and she, being the chair of the Long-Term and Aging Care Committee, in the Minnesota Senate, and that is one of her uh, big pieces of legislation is to call for universal testing in these long-term care facilities to mitigate the tragic deaths that have taken place. Yeah, uh, it is it is a very significantly high percentage. So quite timely, your comments, Mark, so we hope you hang on uh, the next segment because uh, Senator Housley will definitely uh, address that. Something I don't often say here on this broadcast is there was a very good editorial in the Star Tribune recently. It was a, back on uh Thursday, where it was an editorial, from, uh, obviously from the editorial board of the Star Tribune, saying, proceed with caution on reopening Minnesota, where Minnesotans are weary and worried, but the battle against COVID-19 must continue. Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota Governor Tim Walls had a light touch Thursday when fine-tuning the dial of the state's COVID-19 restrictions. While this prolongs the pandemic's economic fallout, extending the stay-at-home order for another two weeks while expanding the businesses that can operate with precaution, 
precautions strikes a prudent, though still painful, balance. This week, state health officials delivered encouraging news. Minnesota, fortunately, doesn't appear to be on track to max out hospital capacity. Oh, and one thing about that, that's one thing I've been encouraged in seeing the data every day is the uh, usage of ICU beds has has dropped steadily. So that yeah, that's absolutely good news. Uh, avoiding that was a key reason for stay-at-home orders here and elsewhere. Caution, however, remains in the in order in the battle against a virus for which there are no proven treatments and no vaccine. President Donald Trump has been an energetic advocate for easing quarantine restrictions, but Minnesota doesn't appear to meet his administration's own criteria. Uh, his administration's own criteria for doing so. That's a reality check for all who are frustrated by Walls's pace. The Opening Up America Again plan released April 16 by the White House takes a three-phased approach to easing COVID-19 containment measures with states required to clear one gate before moving on to the second and third. Minnesota doesn't pass the first, which involves a decline in clinic visits for flu-like symptoms and likely falls short on parts two and three. To clear gate two, the state needs to have a downward trajectory in confirmed COVID-19 cases for a 14-day period. But Minnesota reported a new one-day high on Thursday, 492. Nor is there sufficient data to say whether Minnesota meets the plan's alternative metric to move forward. Minnesota looks to be stymied by Gate 3 as well. This part of the plan requires a robust testing program in place for at-risk healthcare workers, including emerging antibody testing. Minnesota's testing to diagnose COVID-19 is ramping up, but demand still appears to outstrip availability. The White House's three-phase plan surprisingly doesn't include criteria for COVID-19 death numbers. That should be considered as reopening decisions are made. Minnesota's fatalities nearly doubled from 160 on April 21 to 319 on April 29th. As of Thursday, that number stands at 343, an increase of 24 from the day before. And I just saw a report where there's another 23 or 24 yesterday. So it officially pushed the number over 400. So it's now at 419, I believe. Uh, anyways, I'll continue. The stay-at-home orders extension will spark healthy debates over its merits. Two data points are likely to come up, and each is worth examining. Of those who died in Minnesota, 99.24% had underlying health conditions. This might suggest healthy people have nothing to fear. Again, a reality check is in order. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reports that 6 in 10 Americans live with at least one chronic disease like heart disease and stroke, cancer, or diabetes. COVID-19's risks are more widespread than it may appear. And Minnesota, Minnesota testing will hit 20,000 a day. Mayo and the University of Minnesota's new diagnostic testing capacity will help state officials track and contain outbreaks, paving the way to ease restrictions, but it will take time to hit the 20,000 mark. On Thursday, the state reported that just 3,279 tests had been completed in a 24-hour span. One thing I will say uh, that I was uh, concerned about is the governor indicating that, look, we don't want we, we would love to have opened up, but we're going to have to extend the stay-at-home order for another two weeks uh, because we don't want the uh, virus to all of a sudden make a roaring comeback. Well, this... The the issue with this, and it's been said from the outset by you know federal government and pretty much all all fifty states, is that this particular virus there was really no way to contain it that it was going to spread. the The goal was slow down the spread so we're not overwhelming the health system, which this op ed has indicated or this editorial uh, page has indicated hasn't happened. We haven't overwhelmed the the health system and by doing the things that that we're doing. But as we've gone further along, it seems as though the goal is to try to stay locked down as, as much as possible until we find some sort of treatment. Some even say, well, a vaccine typically takes a year, year and a half to two years, so we may have to wait until then. And that's not happening. And if you have been on social media at all over this weekend, there's been a pretty clear message sent by a lot of Americans that they're pretty much done with this lockdown. People were out at parks beaches, what have you. And, you know, again, 
from what I have seen, a lot of people were exercising the proper precautions, wearing face masks, doing the social distancing, all that sort of thing. Okay, so if you're going to do that, let's you know we need to convey that we can be responsible for this. Now, again, I'm not advocating that you know do this or else big band head of government's going to come in and take corrective action. I'm not not suggesting that at all. But I'm thinking if more and more people are going out, then there is a clear indication they're taking the necessary precautions. And as a result, um, maybe things can be expedited. Who's to say? But again, very good editorial by the Star Tribune uh, from this past Thursday, April 30th. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Me, Brad Carlson, The Closer, back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most, right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Are you tired of all the garbage that Hollywood puts out? Why not redeem the time you're spending at home with your family and watch something that affirms our American values? For a limited time, you can purchase No Safe Spaces, starring Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla. Go to nosafespaces.com to stream the number one political documentary of 2019. Free speech is under attack now more than ever. Politicians on the left are threatening to permanently shut down churches and synagogues. And we can't even open a debate about when we return to work. There is no more important time to watch No Safe Spaces, the movie that the hard left does not want you to see. Go to nosafespaces.com. Use the code SAVE25 to get 25% off your purchase. That's SAVE25. This offer is only available for a limited time. Send the message to Hollywood that you support movies that support your values. Go to nosafespaces.com today. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. If you could do one thing that changed you forever, would you? How about something exciting and extraordinary, a bucket list item with years of memories packed into 10 days? Make 2020 a year you'll never forget and join me, Sebastian Gorka, and my friend Mike Lindell on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd to 11th, journeying through one of the most politically and spiritually significant places in the world, and you'll see over 40 iconic sites straight from history. Register at am1280thepatriot.com. If you're a teacher or frontline medical worker in these difficult times, Paul Bunyan Plumbing and Drains says thank you. To show their appreciation, Paul Bunyan Plumbing is giving you a complimentary membership into their legendary club if you're a teacher, nurse, doctor, firefighter, or on the police force. As a Paul Bunyan Legendary Club member, you'll save on repairs and installation with no trip fees. Valid on Monday through Friday appointments. For details, visit heypaul.com. That's heypaul.com. Need quotes on roofing, siding, or windows, but don't want several salespeople trouncing through your home? Well, just a few pictures from you and a short phone call with me, and I'll email you three competing quotes on any brand from three trusted local contractors. Set up a virtual appointment today at GetMyThreeQuotes.com. Welcome back, Am 12 the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Yeah, you know, you know the drill, folks. If you listen to this program for any length of time, you know this particular song when it crops up. Uh, that means our next guest is on the line. Longtime friend of the broadcast in Minnesota State Senator Karen Housley is now joining us. Karen, of course, the, uh, representing Senate District 39. Northmost part of the district starts at Forest Lake, goes all the way down the St. Croix River Valley to St. Mary's Point. Karen, also the chair of the Family Care and Aging Committee. And that's uh, one of the reasons why we're having her on, because uh, just recently she is calling on the governor, Governor Tim Walls, to immediately implement guidelines for widespread testing at the state's long-term care facilities. Uh, we've seen a disturbing trend over the death tolls the past uh, few weeks 
the vast majority, significant majority, I think close to 90% have been at these long-term care facilities. Very disturbing trend, and Senator Housley is doing what she can to, to combat that, and she joins us on the program now. Uh, Karen, always great to have you. How are you today? I am good. Thanks so much for having me, Brad. There's nothing like a little Joan Jett and the Blackheart singing the Mary Tyler Moore theme song. You know how much I love that, so thank you. Thank you. What a beautiful... Did you miss I doing Radio Karen Housley? I mean, that was your theme song, you remember, so... <laughs> I, I do remember, and I miss it. I miss the radio show, too. Um, I'm sitting outside, so if you hear a bunch of birds, I've got grandkids running around the house inside, so I went, I'll just go sit outside, so if it gets too windy, let me know. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, we've got. I'm I'm actually from my home studio too, so I, you, you may hear animals and wind blowing through the windows as well. So all these kind of hazards, Karen Housley, in this global pandemic, I certainly understand. But uh, yeah, we well we appreciate you joining us. Uh, like we alluded to, Karen, you uh, called on the governor uh, this past Tuesday uh, again to implement guidelines for widespread testing for the state's long term care facilities. Again, this is something that has been a a passion of yours in the Senate, and of course, uh, now being the chair of the Family Care and Aging Committee, something that is uh, always on your radar. Uh, we've seen the death tolls, Karen. Our most recent death tolls show that we've gone over 400 in the state of Minnesota as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Do you have an approximate percentage of how many of those total have been in the long-term care facility? Because I know it's been a tremendous number yeah. the past couple of weeks, like 85 90%. Yeah, well, we are at 99% of those deaths are long-term care facility or immune compromise. Um, mm. 80% of those are in a long-term care facility like an assisted living or a nursing home. Okay. So that, that is what I did call on the governor um, last week, and I'm still going to keep pushing that. I've been working with Commissioner Malcolm, Department of Health, and she's doing a great job. But, it's, of course, I, I would like it to go faster. I would like there to be more tests and test those. Staff right now, they're only testing residents in a facility who show signs of the symptoms of the coronavirus. And by then, it's already too late because then you're going to get a whole wing of the of the facility become infected. And so when you have staff, a lot of those staff just work part-time, and they go between different facilities, whatever services they provide, even house cleaning. Um, so those are the people that really need to be tested because if they're asymptomatic, they're going to continue to work. They don't know that they're carrying this yes. virus between facility facility. So that's where I would like to to we know we already know this virus attacks the vulnerable, and so that's what I feel. And, and I kind of put a little pressure on my last committee meeting, like we're shutting down the whole state when we know where the hotspots are. There it is, ninety nine percent are the those. So yeah, I really would like to the the, the caregivers in these facilities are so stressed out right now. A couple of facilities, all of the employees have just walked. Um, and so we really need to get them some help. So I guess uh, there was uh, one particular uh, uh, facility, I think it was uh, uh, was a New Hope, where they had a, a, just a, a terrible outbreak in, in, in that particular uh, uh, facility. I mean, have you been well-versed in what specifically has happened there? I mean, it's a, it's a it was significantly large number, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was like 27 or I, I don't, every day it changes and you get uh, to a point where you don't even want to hear it anymore. Yeah. Um, and then you hear from the family members who aren't allowed to go see their loved ones as they're dying. Um, but they in, in Florida, they did it much differently. They focused on their long-term care facilities and got them the uh, personal protective equipment first, um, hospitals sure. and them. Uh, and in Minnesota, we didn't do that. So in, in some of those facilities, they were wearing raincoats and that heat that we had um and that's what the, that's what their personal protective gear was was raincoat and oh. and the staff just just had it and walked out um and then again if you're if you are a family member and you have somebody in there i mean how stressful could it be when you know there are 27 cases of it and your parent is living in there and you can't get them out um it's it's just stressful all around it's heartbreaking um and i know commissioner malcolm is feeling it too but we really have to. We really have to be all hands on deck in our long-term care facilities to protect the residents and the staff. What is your uh, personal viewpoint toward the governor's plan thus far? Obviously, his most one of his most recent pressers last week he extended the stay-at-home order another a couple of weeks, saying certain criteria have been met. Now, listening to you, Karen, you, you're talking about obviously that where the hotspots are taking place, pretty much in these long-term care facilities, and some might come out and say, "Well, okay." Let's be sure our most vulnerable are protected. Obviously, your uh, proposal, very important first step, allowing all of the staff members to be uh, to be tested universally. Um, 
do you think that we are in a position that maybe we could start lifting these restrictions more aggressively, or are you on board with the governor's plan? I mean, where are you sitting at this particular point? Well, and I, I actually did a, a suburban women's focus group yesterday morning over Zoom because sometimes when you're in the bubble and you're surrounding yourself with always Republicans, you, mm-hmm. you start to think, open up Minnesota right now today. So I really wanted to hear what, what you know, because there are there are oh, yeah. two very different opinions on this. But where is where is the, the suburban women, which is what I represent, and the men too, but I thought I'd focus on the women. Um, sure. And so there's still... There's still uh, an amount of fear uh, for, mm-hmm. to go out and have have the the state open up all the way. They they don't understand the hypocrisy of not being able to go into a main street uh, storefront and browse around if that person is you know putting all the safety practices in place. And then you go to Costco or Cub and there's you know a ton of people in there. Um, it's mm-hmm. that that doesn't make sense and your heart also breaks for those small business owners i mean they are dying too and and then then you can pull in the mental health so we had a really good discussion um with the suburban women group i myself would like to see the state open up um safely of course but let these small businesses open up and if people if people don't want to go because they want to stay at home longer then stay at home longer that's okay too i I think that's that's what we really need to stress wherever you are on the spectrum of open up minnesota or stay home a few more weeks, or I want to stay home for a year, that's okay. You can do whatever you want to do. Well, yeah, and obviously the, one of the things I had heard, you know, there are some small businesses, you know, they may be in the same line of work. I mean, let's take, for instance, I mean, I know you've been a big advocate for some of the some of the salons, particularly on the licensing issue side, and obviously that was before the, the COVID pandemic hit. You were focusing on that issue. Now it's kind of transitioned a little bit. There are some that may want to open, some that won't open. And as you indicated, there certainly are certain protocols that could be put in place where if you're using the proper social distancing protocols, if you're taking the proper precautions, yeah, you can open. And how would you respond to some businesses that say, look, we don't want to open, we don't feel safe necessarily open, but say our competitors want to, they may get a head start on us. And now all of a sudden you're, you're, probably pressed with the issue of, wow, you're picking winners and losers here. I mean, how would you respond to that? Because it's, it's, it's not as easy as, as some people make it out, Karen Housley. Um, no, it's, it's not. It's, it, is, it is kind of complicated. But I, I still would go with if you're a business and you don't want to be open or if you're a business and you have employees that want to work, I, I think if, if you can put practices in place that will keep everybody safe and socially distant. I know down in South Dakota, the Hair salons are open, and it you know now the, the chairs are spaced way apart. Everybody's wearing masks. Everybody has gloves on. The nail salons are open. They've got a plexiglass screen. You put your hand underneath it. Um, so I, I think if a business can can show that they are are practicing the safe, healthy, healthy guidelines, uh, I, I say let them go. Sure. Yeah, and obviously but this is something that's. I know you. Oh, go ahead. Keep going, Brad. No, I was just going to say that's something that obviously you're very sensitive to as well. Uh, uh, being in business for yourself, and it's and it's a, a unique experience that you have that you you can convey to these folks too. That has to be an advantage. Well, and it's just so interesting that the the, the lines of work that are free to move about the cabin, like you've got real estate agents out there continuing to show how the real estate market is booming. Uh, real mm-hmm. estate market, liquor stores, Target. Um, it's some of those, and then government forces others to to be shut down. It's really, and I understand. I also understand where people are coming from if they're afraid. And the only way we can get over our fear is if we slowly start to open some of these things up, so people can see that we're not dying and it's not spreading that fast. And again, we already know where the people are dying. So I, I, the only way we're going to get over this fear is if we start to open these businesses up slowly. Once again, we're joined by Minnesota State Senator Karen Housley, representing Senate District 39 uh, from uh, Forest Lake all the way down south to uh, the St. Croix River Valley to where she resides at St. Mary's Point. And uh, hoping that we hear uh, something definitive uh, this coming week, uh, Karen's proposal again, uh, calling on the governor to implement guidelines for widespread testing at these states long-term care facilities. Definitely a very uh, important issue, uh, urgent issue, given the uh, number of fatalities that, uh, that in Taking place in Minnesota, over 400 now, and the vast majority are at these long-term care facilities. Uh, Karen, we only have about a minute or so 
remaining. Uh, obviously, uh, in the midst of all this, uh, the campaigning must go on six weeks until or six months, excuse me, until election day. So uh, definitely a lot on that front, too. Uh, no doubt that all of these uh, suburban Republicans in very difficult races, particularly in the Minnesota Senate, where the Republicans have an ever so slight majority. So, Karin, uh, you're running for reelection. Where can people uh, find your website and uh, maybe throw a few bucks to help uh, help How about the cause? Uh, thank you so much, Brad. Yeah, my website is Housley for Senate, H-O-U-S-L-E-Y-F-O-R, Senate.com. Um, yeah, anything that anybody can do. Uh, well, campaigning is going to look a lot different this this time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hopefully hopefully, the people in my district are, are happy with what I'm doing, fighting for them and taking care of our old people. And, uh, yeah, thanks thanks for having me again, Brad. Oh, always a pleasure, Karen. You know that. I mean, uh, we have you on as, as as often as we can, and particularly given your important role with the long-term and aging uh, care committee and and what our seniors are enduring in these uh, particular facilities, we want to uh, stay on top of that. So we appreciate the time, Karen. As always, have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy those grandkids. Go back in and uh, entertain them for a little bit. Uh, I know they I know they probably miss their grandma. <laughs> so yeah, we appreciate the time, Brad. Karen. Thanks. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Another segment in the books. Another uh, segment. One final segment this hour. Coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Warning, warning, warning. Once you taste the Rack Shack's Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM 1280, The Patriot, and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue to create a burger worthy of the Patriot name. It's a half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through. American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly waves over the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our delectable sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Best burger in town as far as I'm concerned, and it's $12.80 anytime, any day. Try today at the Rack Shack Barbecue at the Cedar Cliff Center at Nichols and Cliff in Egan. Be careful. Once you try a Patriot Burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack Barbecue, oh, 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 yeah. People looking to buy a new fence in Minnesota are lucky. Lucky because unlike with other types of purchases, when it comes to buying a new fence, the choice has been made so darn easy. Only one company truly stands above the rest and has for a long, long time. Midwest Fence has not only been around far longer than anyone else and thus is far more experienced, they're the largest fence company in the state, which means Midwest Fence has the greatest variety of fence designs. You won't believe the seemingly endless styles you can choose from these days. And Midwest Fence buys in such bulk, they can keep their prices lower than other companies. That's why, if you're ready for a fence, you're just plain lucky. The legendary fence company that's been making people smile since Truman was president is but a phone call away and ready to stop out and deliver a free estimate. Your turn to smile, folks. Learn more at MidwestFence.com. At American Family Insurance, we know your life has many moving parts. From your four wheels to your hard-earned home and the financial future of your family, we'll cover the things that matter most. Bundle your home and auto policies for possible savings and add life insurance for convenient, future-focused protection so you can keep dreaming towards what's next. For details, contact Pamela McCarthy, agent at the Pam McCarthy Agency, Inc. Call 651-460-3333. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. Whoa, look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. Welcome back. I'm 12 of the Patriots. Northern Alliance Radio Network. One final segment this hour with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. And thanks, as always, to a friend of the broadcast, Karen Housley, for uh, checking in. 
Actually, uh, at one point, while uh, while Karin was answering one of the questions I had, I had the cat jump right in front of the microphone, right on the desk here. So uh, uh, the hazards of working at the home office and keeping the door open, the pets are free to roam about here in and out, but uh, the dog still couldn't care less what's going on. In fact, I just posted on my Instagram story, uh, the dog uh, behind me, just uh, obviously not caring a whole heck of a lot about... Um, What's going on with today's show? Have you seen that animals, there have been some animals that have contracted coronavirus? Not a lot, but there. anytime there's a story uh, of an animal like a common house pet getting it, yeah, that's pretty scary. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're, uh, they stay inside most of the time too. So, uh, but the poor dog, we get, we walk her like three times a day and I'm, you know, so far she's putting up with it, but I'm half expecting to see her to crawl atop one of the kitchen cabinets. And uh, and just as I'm talking about pets, a cat jumped right in front of me again. Here. Can you hear her? There. She usually squ- squawks when I move her out of the way. Sorry about that, folks. Again, the hazards of working at home. Hey, I want to get to um, one final local uh, political issue, Minnesota political issue. Uh, obviously, congressional districts have been having their endorsing conventions over the uh, the weekend. And uh, I do want to get to one in particular I was uh, focused on, Congressional District 7, which has been represented by DFL, uh, Democrat Colin Peterson since the early 90s, uh, voted to endorse Michelle Fishbach, former Minnesota State Senator, and for a brief time, uh, Lieutenant Governor, because if you remember when uh, Tina Smith who was Mark Dayton's lieutenant governor, was appointed to Al Franken's vacant Senate seat. The uh, president of the Senate, which was Fishbach, was then elevated to the lieutenant governor position. Well, uh, and she was also Tim Pawlenty's lieutenant governor candidate when Pawlenty was running for governor in 2018. Obviously, Pawlenty lost in the primary uh, to Jeff Johnson. Uh, then uh, Fishbach decided not to seek re-election for her uh, Senate seat. She retired from the Senate and a special election went on to fill that seat. Well, now she was running for Congress in CD7 and won endorsement over Dave Hughes. Dave was the candidate, the Republican candidate, in 2016 and 2018. And I talked about this on social media. Uh, Dave Hughes really didn't have a lot of competition for the GOP nomination in 2016 and 2018. And given how he handled the serious competition, a well-funded challenger on the GOP side, uh, it clearly showed uh, very disappointed in the line of attacks that was taken by the Hughes for Congress uh, campaign. Uh, there is a website that they put out called uh, Do You Know Fishbach? And it was basically a bunch of, uh, uh, it kind of looked like uh, somebody, if they were clipping letters out of a magazine and putting a ransom note together, that's kind of what the website looked like. Uh, and there was an attack on Michelle Fishbach's campaign manager, David Fitzsimmons, who you know, for purposes of full disclosure, I consider uh, David Fitzsimmons a friend, and the attacks against him were not only unnecessary and irrelevant, but just out of bounds, disgusting. Uh, for instance, he uh, it was pointed out that when Fitzsimmons was in the Minnesota State Legislature in 2013, he was one of the four Republican votes in the Minnesota House to vote to legalize same-sex marriage. And apparently, you know, folks are more socially conservative in CD7, so Michelle Fishbach associating with someone like Fitzsimmons, who voted yes on gay marriage, well, that all of a sudden makes her campaign toxic, which didn't make a whole lot of sense, that attack. It was just a nonsensical attack because Michelle Fishbach was in the legislature at the time that gay marriage vote was being taken. She was in the Senate, and she voted no to legalize gay marriage. So how David Fitzsimmons, now her campaign manager, voting on that particular issue really isn't relevant, especially since he's not influencing policy in her campaign, right? Michelle Fishbach is a obviously a veteran legislator, but served in the lead in the Minnesota Senate. I don't recall how many terms, but had been there a while. Okay. So she already pretty much has her uh, campaign talking points, her worldview, her policy stance is pretty well in place. So this idea you're going to attack her campaign manager, regardless of who it is, but the fact that it's, it's David Fitzsimmons, uh, who, again, served in the legislature, the fact you're going to use his policy stances against her just doesn't make a lot of sense. And then he also went to point out that Fitzsimmons donated money to uh, anti-Trump, progressive, pro-choice, pro-LGBTQ, former DFL state rep Margaret uh, Kelleher. Well, 
what that entails was Margaret Anderson Kelleher was running for the DFL uh, nomination in Congressional District 5 against Ilhan Omar in 2018. Now, the idea was in CD5, which is a D-plus-22 district, the DFL primary is pretty much the general election in CD5. So with that in mind, wouldn't you want to get the most palatable DFLer in the in that particular district? Because Ilhan Omar, her policy stances are just so far left, whacked out left, that David Fitzsimmons' philosophy is, well, let's kind of mitigate it. Let's get someone in there in that seat that would be acceptable. Okay? And Margaret Anderson Kelleher, for that district, uh, has been a pro-business DFLer. Okay? Is business still not important? Okay? So I, I just I didn't understand the attacks uh, against Fitzsimmons. And by the way, uh, and this was brought to my attention, apparently uh, Dave Hughes had filed some sort of FEC complaint against Michelle Fishbach, knowing that it would not have been resolved before the endorsing convention so that it could be hanging out there. Oh, there's an FEC complaint filed against her. And by the way, uh, Dave was also using his uh, Donald Trump's, President Trump's 2018 endorsement of Hughes' campaign. He was still touting that leading into his 2020 campaign when he received a cease and desist letter last year to say, Hey, knock it off. That is no longer relevant because back on March of 2020, and I posted this at bradcarlson.org, president Trump endorsed Michelle Fishbach saying she's running for Congress. She'll protect the unborn is strong on crime and borders, cutting taxes. And your uh, is will protect your second amendment, loves our military vets and will stand with our great farmers. Michelle has my complete and total endorsement. So, uh, again, Michelle Fishbach, the endorsed candidate in Congressional District 7, to try to retire Colin Peterson, of which Dave Hughes in 2016 and 2018 failed to do. Uh, so I think it's t- high time you get a new candidate in there. Apparently, those who were at the convention or reviewed the convention online, uh, Dave Hughes, when he gave his uh, speech congratulating Michelle on her endorsement, didn't indicate whether he would take us to primary or not. Uh, I think it'd be crazy to do so because he wasn't well-funded in 2016 and 2018. And I don't know how you're going to fare against someone like Michelle Fishbach, who actually is well-funded in this particular race. So something worth keeping an eye upon. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming back in mere moments. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance, Radio Network. Go nowhere. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time. While you can't believe everything on social media these days, you can believe it's possible to start a new life as an IT pro in as little as four months from the comfort of your own home, even if you have zero computer experience. Instead of waiting to see what happens when life gets back to normal, take control of your future now. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. Live online classes meet just twice a week. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do 
something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-218-9520 That's 800-218-9520 Dad, guess what? What? You are going to be a grandfather. That's great. Not too long ago, moments like this with my daughter would have been a challenge. It was a long road for me to find myself again after Vietnam. It was my neighbor Jim, another Vietnam veteran, who finally convinced me that I could still connect with my family and find that fulfilling life I'd lost. And I went for help down at the VA. If I can take that first step after almost 50 years, I know other veterans can too. Visit maketheconnection.net to find out more. AM 1280, The Patriot is double. 